0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight ADHD parents, what you need to know about working memory. Uh, tonight is a very, very unique show for us, in as much as um, it was taped earlier, but the content was uh, not of a guest coming on, but me being a guest on Parent Palooza. Um, did an interview there with uh linda rogley and elaine taylor Kloss, and it was one of those things together where uh it just kind of clicked and uh, i don't know if i could recreate it so uh i w- wrote off to them and uh, they've given us permission to release uh release that recording so we're bringing it to you now uh, again uh thank you very much to uh, linda rogley of uh, ad diva elaine taylor claus of impact adhd and the two of them for uh parent palooza um, before we get into our show tonight, our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of that, we're hoping to give away some free copies of Attention Magazine in digital form. To get yours, all you have to do is listen to this show. We'll share a secret word a couple times through the show. Write it down. Listen to another show uh, for another secret word. Write that down. Send me an email with both words. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And when I get uh, that email, I will forward to Chad. We will get you a uh, PDF copy of the current attention magazine and we'll forward another PDF copy of the next edition when it is printed. Um, Big announcement. This is breaking news. The 2020 annual international conference on ADHD was supposed to be held in Dallas, Texas, November the 5th to the 7th. But it's going virtual due to the COVID-19 virus. Um, uh, A lot of things need to get done. put in place before now and then and so they just decided to make it virtual and this is a huge opportunity if you haven't been to a conference like this um, uh, distance is no barrier at this point in time um, I know that if you go to the website chadd.org they don't have information up on it yet but I'm sure uh, about the end of May beginning of June they'll start having have some information on that needless to say you should go ahead and block off the time which is November uh, 5th to the uh, 7th at this point in time Uh, Again, our program is being brought to you by Chad. They've got a little tip that we'd like to run, and we'll get into the show.
1: Having ADHD
2: and anxiety can interfere with daily living. By adjusting your thoughts from negative to positive thinking, you can successfully manage your stress. Here are some tips that may help. Practice mindfulness and deep breathing. Create and maintain routines and incorporate more exercise
1: like weight training, yoga, or an energetic walk. To learn more about ADHD and anxiety, visit chad.org.
0: Thanks again, Chad, for uh, for your continued support. Those that are not a familiar with Chad they're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD we encourage all of our listeners to become members or to donate um, because we need a financially strong Chad they're the ones that are on Capitol Hill advocating um, for the ADHD community um, in legislations and in regulatory committees so that uh, once legislation is passed proper definitions are put in place for those with ADHD to get the services that they need to thrive Um, if you do uh, become a member there's lots of great member benefits. You can learn all about that and donate by going to chadd.org. Okay, let's get into the show tonight. Again, our topic is what parents need to know about working memory. Um, I was um, grateful uh, to be invited to present at the uh, 2019 Parent Palooza uh, Telesummit, or webinar summit. Um, And in that show, I did a presentation on working memory that I've done uh, before. Much of this information I've learned from the experts, uh, a lot of it from Dr. Russell Barkley. And um, I did the interview – or actually, I did the presentation with Linda Rogley and Elaine Taylor-Kloss interviewing me on topic. And it was one of those things where the the intellectual capital of all three of us, I think, really kind of came together in such a way that uh, it was just a a very good um, – I guess, presentation kind of across the board, and one of those that you really couldn't kind of replicate if you tried. So I wrote off to Parent Palooza, those involved, and uh, they gave me permission to uh, rebroadcast what we did. Uh, It was pre-recorded. It's divided up into three parts. I had to kind of chop it up a little bit uh, for our commercial breaks, but we're going to roll the tape. We hope you enjoy the show.
2: Jeff, we're thrilled to have you and your expertise. Thanks for being here today.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
3: I love you guys. You guys do great stuff. <laughs>
2: nice. This is this is a fun. This is a fun one, isn't it? Of all the stuff we get to do. This is one of the best. So today we're going to be. Today we're talking about working memory and ADHD. Right. Yep.
3: Absolutely. So
2: where do we want to get started? What do you want to sort of? How do you want to set the stage for this?
3: I'm glad that you said that. Here, I want to set the stage of this. I've learned this from my mother. Um, it's really, really important. Everybody's here because they want some help and they want some tips and stuff like that. But I think it's really important that uh, sometimes managing ADHD and doing some of the stuff, is, it's hard. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that it's hard because if yeah. you discount it, you say that this is easy or you don't think that it's hard, you're not really giving it its respect that it's due. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on this, but we're going to talk about working memory. And I want to illuminate the challenges associated with this. And as parents... It's challenging to manage your own, much less help your children manage it. So, again, this is not easy stuff. The other thing, too, I want to be important. My goal today is to help you understand working memory so that you can begin to problem solve. Tactics can only go so far, but hopefully I'm going to give some examples today of how things are in polar opposites. What what would work with one is gonna be the worst thing from somebody else related to this. And I wanna, it's important for you to begin to understand these things and problem solve. So to do that, first thing that we need to do is we need to understand what working memory is. Mm -hmm. Because of time constraints, I like to put people into simulations, but in this situation, I'm not going to. I'm gonna talk about something that I do often. With all my clients, I'll tell them, I said, in a minute, I'm going to tell you five words, and I want you to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. So I'll say, like, hippopotamus, zebra, uh, bumblebee, teacher, and kangaroo, and I'll wait a couple minutes, and I'll wait for them to repeat it back. Now, half the time, people will forget a word, or they'll get the the words wrong. And I don't really care that they got it right or wrong, but it's very simple as understanding that exercise, you didn't learn anything new. Everybody knows what those are. and Everybody knows what the alphabetical order is. The trick really is is you're holding those words in your mind as you rearrange them without forgetting them. So you are organizing, sequencing, and executing in your prefrontal cortex. That is what working memory is. People with ADHD in the most simple form have a self-regulation issue with a working memory deficit. And if we begin- Say that
2: again. A self-regulation issue with a working working memory memory deficit, deficit. which
3: means what? So I don't want to get into a lot of detail, but I'm a big fan of Dr. Russell Barkley's and ADHD, as he's described as executive functioning issue largely, which is self-regulation. And in another conversation, I simply said dopamine addiction is really all it is. You you pay attention to it, you get dopamine. If you don't get dopamine, you don't. And so it, it really is a Swiss army knife. It's pretty easy to kind of tell the difference, but I talk to people, it's a dopamine addiction. And, and if you get it, you pay attention to it. If you can't, you, you can't agitated boredom comes in because you're going to go find something else to pay attention to it. So like it's like a, a magnet. You're going to need gravitate to something with dopamine you're going to push away from something that doesn't give you any dopamine. And the way just, I often
2: talk about it just to sort of play on that is it's stimulation seeking yes right so yeah. we, we we seek the stimulus that's going to give you the dopamine and, and I people say
3: it what ignites your brain Wait, Intra-
1: bring, bring that to kids though give me an idea of what are we talking about if we if they pay attention to what? Is it like- anything, anything they pay attention to. So they're
2: seeking something that feels stimulating or interesting or compelling to them. Right. And by getting that, Ooh, I like that, that shiny object that gives them what Jeff is saying is a hit of dopamine. Jeff, is that correct?
3: Exactly. Hence video games and the addictiveness of it. I like to talk about ADHD as a dopamine addiction. And I do mean addiction because I want everybody to know how hard this is. To break it. it, 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 This is not easy stuff. You just can't say you do this stuff. And I like to put in those, those terms so we can get it. So with what I just described, I like to talk about, I learned this from Dr. Barkley, it's three year olds often will be playing on a carpet And playing is important because it's about executive function. And often they're thinking about what they're doing. It just so happens they're actually talking out loud to themselves. We can hear them have a conversation with themselves. And this is developmentally normal. But as they get older, between three and five, that public conversation becomes private, privatized. It goes into their their head. It's still (laughs) happening. It's still happening. Um, Same thing happens with play. You begin to visualize and you begin to simulate some stuff like that. This is all working memory. Many people with ADHD have it actually talk a lot because they're relieving their working memory. That's an example. It's, they call it nonverbal working memory, but they're talking out loud. So many people with ADHD, not to talk is not to think, which is I call we'll, it externalizing, but I love that. Yeah, but it, it is. It, 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 we're going to use different words, it all means the same yeah. thing. You've got to get it outside the head. With the five words, imagine if you had index cards that you could write them down on, it would make it very easy for you to manipulate it and move it around. So. That's the first part of working memory that I want you to know. It's the juggling of thoughts and ideas. Mm -hmm. The other part, as I talk about working memory, is like booting up your computer. When you walk in, you turn your button on, it's got to load in the software, the operating system. For me, it's got to get Skype ready and everything. It takes a while. I go get a cup of coffee while that's happening, and I come back before I'm ready to actually do the work. Right. Your, your working memory is, is very much like a computer. When you sit down to do something, you've got to boot up all the thoughts and all the tools that are related for you to work on that. And it takes time. And I want to emphasize, it is effortful. Mm-hmm. Effortful. Well, and as you're saying
2: that, I'm imagining that spinning wheel While I'm going to retrieve or look for information in my brain and I can't get it. And so that little, we call it the spinning wheel of death. (laughs) It's just going and going and going because it's looking and it can't find it.
3: Exactly. So the thing to understand is when people talk about people with ADHD having a hard time with transitions, we're talking about working memory. When we're talking about having a hard time getting my head into it, we're talking about the booting up process. Once I get into it, I'm fine. I want to emphasize booting up your mind is effortful particularly if it requires a lot of executive functioning that's taxing if it's something simple it's easy but this is difficult
1: so, so- I want to go back to that because is it when you say effortful I get it that it takes work inside our brain but is it conscious effort or do we want to make it conscious effort for, to
3: That's help our ADHD? Well, let's, let's, first, first of all, I want to do is because we want to manage this. But at the end of the day, remember, ADHD is a self-regulation issue. And if it takes too much effort, we're off to go play yeah. computer games or watch Netflix. So
2: look for another hit of dopamine.
3: Exactly. Oh, right. if there's a squirrel, it's easier. Right. to. Or yeah. I'm going to rationalize how I'm not going to do it until later. So mm-hmm. those two things that I just described. If, it, if they're not getting their dopamine, it's harder for them to get into it. So the idea really is I like to talk about if we can go in with the mindset when we're going to do something that's big, we need to hibernate our computer, not reboot it. So the idea is you want to leave paper clums and trails behind. So I coach people all the time, every day. They're all different. And as soon as I get done, I dictate a stream of consciousness of my notes. It's not really even notes. It's just my thoughts. So a week later, I skim my notes. I don't even read them. But it, my, my brain from hibernating, it comes back really quick. And I can recall 95% of the conversation just from those clues. People with ADHD will often do a project and they'll leave things out. There's two reasons for that. One, it's effortful to put it all away, which is a self-regulation issue. And it's boring to bring it all back out. But also sometimes they leave it out because there's visual clues that bring their mind back to where they left off. So a lot of, go ahead, Elaine.
2: Great example for kids, okay, Um, is a parent I was working with several years ago whose daughter was an artist and was applying to art school and the mom wanted her to put everything away every day and the the 17 year old was saying, I, I have to start over every single day if I do that. And so we worked with them to negotiate a deal where there was a space in the house where she could leave out her stuff because she needed the visual cue, even though the mom wanted it all nice and neat and put away.
3: Is that an example? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's, here's why we're talking about this. And this is why mindset is so important. You have to understand working memory. And I gave you those examples so you can see it in your mind, because for many, they need to leave it out. A visual reminder will remind them, not out of sight, out of mind. So if they stuff it in their backpack somewhere, they're not going to see it. Now, Mm -hmm. for many though, if there's too many visual reminders, they begin to think about it and it it clogs their working memory because they have too much going. So a lot of times they're going to want everything gone and only thing that's left out is what they're juggling so for some they can work with a lot of stuff around okay because it's reminding them of things and others have to eliminate all that because it's kind of overwhelms it kind of clutters their mind so we're talking about polar opposite reactions to the same issue the trick really parents is you've got to watch your children i describe this all the time kids are organized believe it or not adults are organized if you want to understand their system at the deadline they are going to go to the most efficient system you have yeah. to observe them they will instinctively go there it's like water it goes downhill because it's the path of least resistance i've coached a lot of adults that oh my god it was the deadline you were talking out loud it was the deadline that justified bringing their whole team into the room they can yep. do it by doing it earlier, but it wasn't the deadline. They they go to what's instinctive, but they think it's the deadline. But the process they're using is the same. But it's the deadline that justifies why they can pull everybody off of the thing. So again, how you do this and how you figure this stuff out is literally you watch your children when they're doing something and they're successful. Right. So when you're up. Just make that observation, and the clues to what works is there. So I'm going to pause. Let you guys comment
2: so many things (laughs) so because we talk a lot about the solutions or in the successes right so if you look to the success exactly what you're saying and you see not just that they did it but okay let's help them deconstruct what's the process they used to achieve it then they can map that over to other things that may not be as compelling or interesting or or whatever so i i really love that piece
3: absolutely Um, Go ahead.
2: Well, just in the other thing I love, I, the term I often use is sort of organizing by field of vision. I organize by what's I can see. And so what you're saying is for some of us, we may need to make sure we can only see what's important because if there's too much clutter, then I don't see any of it. Yep. Right. So, Linda, what else?
1: Well, it also argues, it it explains why ADHD folks like color-coded things. We like bright colors so that they're easier to separate. But Mm -hmm. it also really explains the real bottom line of why one person with ADHD doesn't look like another person with ADHD. They're incredibly unique, which is, again, hard to diagnose, hard to explain. How come this kid's doing this and my kid has ADHD, but he doesn't do that, all that stuff. All right.
0: All right. We hope you have enjoyed uh, the first part thus far. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break uh, real quickly before we do. The secret word tonight is Palooza, P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, um, which, again, will be one of those coming up in 2020, uh, and I believe in late July at this point in time. So you can just Google Parent Palooza and learn more about that. So with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
4: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when
0: your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's PlayBetterPlan.com.
4: Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD
0: coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
4: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15%
0: off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This
3: opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now back to Attention Talk Radio. Before my working memory forgets it. Right. <laughs> um, you talked about color coded. When people with ADHD, color can, for some of them are very important because they'll look at a color and they'll associate something to it. So this is a working, I mean, we're still talking about working memory, but this is how you problem solve. I coached a guy one time, stuff was all over the place. It was organized, he could find things, but it didn't look pretty, so he got a professional, couldn't find anything after he got organized. But one of of the learnings was there was a binder and it said Bank of America, and it might as well have been invisible to him. Because what he had to do is he had to look and read Bank of America, which were just words, but then he had to begin to visualize it to associate that was the bank, which is effortful, very effortful, so he wouldn't do it. So what we learned, was it was too taxing to his working memory. So what we did is we went out and downloaded the logo of Bank of America and stuck it on the end. That way he didn't have to load the picture in his mind. He had the association with it and then he could remember it. Again, that's a working memory issue. And and again, color or symbols or logos shortcut that process because remember, it's a self-regulation problem. If there's too much work, they're not going to do it. If they have to visualize the picture of the house, I mean, the picture of the bank, it's a deterrent.
2: It's, it's almost like translating into another language, right? I have to see it and then figure out what it means, what it represents, what, what does that mean, and translate it to another language. Because what I was thinking is what you said, Linda, is I stopped color coding because I could never remember what the colors <laughs> represented.
1: <laughs> I mean, I printed it out. Pink is this, yellow is this. I have it printed, yeah.
3: But it depends, <laughs> on, depends on the person. So, all yeah. right. Really? I,
1: I just want to go back to your. I want to go back to your computer analogy and say that what you're really talking about is having, like, when we do this on our computers, it's having images cached so that they don't. We don't have to load again. They're love right that. there because yep. we visited that site before. Now some of us don't really love that, yep. but in your brain it probably is a good thing. Yep. And then when somebody comes in and cleans up, they've cleared your cookies. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now hey, you really don't bad.
3: know what to do. <laughs> so. Um, Real quickly, because I want to get into how this applies to some kids, but I want to relate to adults. When you have to go on a trip and you've got to pack for it, realize as often you've got to visualize and and simulate yeah. the expectation of what's going on. And a lot of people with ADAC have difficulty packing because they have a hard time building that in their working memory and then remembering what they do, which by the way, I got a great video on YouTube. My son and I used to go camping a lot. We made a list of every piece of camping equipment we got in the house. And if we we're going backpacking, we'd, cross off everything on the list that was car camping and what was left on the list we'd go do it was amazingly efficient because you right. didn't have to remember or simulate anything we just crossed it off so anyway yeah that being said we've i know we don't have a lot of time but i want to get into some ideas to kind of help parents begin to brainstorm with this a little bit and i also want to begin to to, to explain the reality of the world is It's convenient for society to go to technology, and it is punitive for people with ADHD. Dr. Barkley and I did an interview on working memory, and we talked about how paper is high tech for people with ADHD. You want to say something?
2: I just want you to clarify what you mean, because I don't know what you mean by punitive.
3: Um, So let's do this. I'm going to tell a story Um, I like to highlight, okay? Okay. Okay. So this is an example of back in the day when I was in school years ago, we had a textbook and we had a paper and And if I had two pages, imagine these are websites, right? I print them out and I highlight. And my eyes can read one and look over at the other one and really remember this, right? Mm -hmm. On a computer, what I got to do is this is a browser. I read it, then I click on a tab, then I find the one I'm looking for and I scroll down And then I start to read because I can't highlight it on a computer. I forgot about this. I forgot about zebra and teacher. Now I got to go back. It's taxing the working memory. It's kind of funny. Thomas Brown has a great quote. Said it's like watching a basketball game through a telescope. You can see some movement, but you don't know there's a basketball game going on, which by the way, is that's why wall calendars sometimes work because you can see the basketball game on your cell phone when you've just got a, a couple appointments. Yeah. I'm not compl- you can only see a piece of it. So from a working memory perspective, seeing the, see the big picture, picture gives them that context to put that thing together. You also, t- too, the other thing too is, uh, you know, books. Like this is Spark. I'm just dyslexic so I read everything and I just, I flip pages back and forth. It's hard to do this on a computer. It's mm-hmm. very difficult. So at the end of the day, it's really easy for teachers and stuff to put things online. But to, they're not all in the same place that they used to. So like more and more I'm finding uh, from my own son is the textbook is online and it's linked all over the place. There's yeah. a Google Drive somewhere. There's PowerPoint somewhere else. There's a video. And I can't conceptualize it unless I get it all out in front of me and print it out. And so it's funny because I have a high-speed printer. I'm like, just print. I print thousands of sheets a day when I'm doing stuff because even if I'm writing something that's four or five pages I have to write the whole document because I have to be able to flip through it again It's a working memory issue and a lot of times in schools. They're taking the printers out They're asking these kids to rely on these things. So this is a true story. My uh, Younger son a couple years ago was having some difficulty and literally it was profound the difference in English when I got online copied all the spark notes pasted them into a Word document on a book. That I think it was uh, Lord of the Flies or something. 30 minutes it took me to copy and paste it. I gave it to him. He highlighted it. I'm telling you, it was his grade went up a grade and a half easily. Because it was there, it was funny. Because I go talk to the teacher, and they were they were saying yes, they need to annotate, but they he couldn't do it in the, with the technology. So it was kind of funny. The teacher was advocating, yeah, they needed to do that. But in another conversation, she tell me how she likes online books because they just stick it out there, and I'm like, so which is it? It's it's <laughs> difficult, and so sometimes you just have. It's hard, as I said at the beginning, but you have to advocate and as a parent. Sometimes you have to sit down and you need to, to help your kids get this in a fun Because when they're in school, it's about them learning at this point in time.
2: But I want to I clarify what you're saying because it's really important. Because I, I, I know a lot of parents are going to take what you said and say, okay, now I'm going to print out all their stuff. So you're not saying go print their stuff. What I, what I hear you saying is you have to understand how your child processes the information and then work with them to come up with a system that's going to work for them. Yes. And it, I mean, because my kid does great on the online system because they have an online system where they can highlight and annotate online. Yes. Right. So it's yes. fine for him. Um, but my, my daughter who, who also has dyslexia may need to print it out more often, right? Yep. So so it's really about doing that homework of assessing where the challenges are showing up and and some some of that trial and error to see what
3: works and what doesn't
2: yep. before you before you just give them a solution.
3: Absolutely. Again, well, we're the teaching kid. you, watch your
1: kid, right? That's what you said. You gotta yep. watch
3: your... Right. So a, a tactical thing that goes to working memory that I have found for some is very, very successful. And when I call it a brain dump, when somebody's got something like the five words that I gave earlier, if you could write them down on an index cards, you could take them, you could kind of move it around. So a lot of times people will write ideas on a piece of paper or they'll type it on a Word document, which is nice. But now we have a self-regulation problem because you have to rewrite it and reorganize it. So I like the post-it note. Mm-hmm. You put the idea on the note, because if I want to reorganize it, all I have to do is pick this up and stick it down here. And if you're, if you're the type of person that deals with color, the colors can mean a, a category. So I can move it all around and then draw arrows to link it together. And mm-hmm. it's much easier because it's, it's not requiring me to have to sit and rewrite. rewrite. That's effortful. Now got, we're often watching Netflix. So we want to make it nice and simple. And the cool thing about this is if you go out and buy a poster board at like at the grocery store, when it's all set, you just roll it up and put a rubber band around it and stick it in the corner. So I you I have can... one in that cabinet
2: right there, right back there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: post-it board
2: covered in post-it notes.
3: <laughs> so again, these are the types of things that you begin to do. To-do lists where you have post-its and they move around. I've had some people with ADHD that the, the working memory was a challenge and they, they had to see it, but too much was a trouble. So what we did is we made a to-do list with index cards. Because you put them on a the table and you spread them out, and then you pull them together by category and if you said listen i 've got something that 's related to i don 't know an errand that 's shopping all of a sudden you 're going to go somewhere else and you can get it at Home Depot. you could take the card out and you take it into the other list again, you can sprawl it out and you can bring it back in, and you can move these things around because a lot of times the to do lists have to be at point of performance which, which by the way
2: where the activity is happening
3: and so Forgive me for jumping around, but hopefully this is all working memory based.
2: I love it. It's, is, it's really validating for me. I'm just saying. <laughs>
3: I've, I've coached lots of adults where they're away from the office and that idea comes into their head. Maybe they're at a cocktail party talking. It's, a, it's an idea. I've got to flush it through. It's a great idea. So I'm gonna start talking all over everybody because if I don't think about it right now out loud, I'm gonna lose it for forever. The problem with it is, is a lot of times, if they're talking over people, they're interrupting its difficulty. We talk about maybe a buzzword or something. Dude, the problem with it is, is, where do you find a pen and paper? You gotta have these things at point of performance. So I can't tell you how many adults, we took dental floss and we tied a pen around it. So it's hanging from, it's annoying. It's right, right here because when the thought comes, if, it, if they've gotta go find the pencil, they'll forget the thought while they're trying to find the pencil.
2: <laughs> yeah. I text myself personally. (laughs) All the time I text myself. (laughs)
3: And and, and when you're with your kids, getting a kid to walk around with dental floss and a pencil around their neck, I I realize that's, that's a tall order to ask. But again, I'm and trying maybe to
2: get, been a choking hazard, so we really have to watch out for that.
3: <laughs> but I'm trying to share these examples to get you to begin to get creative and watch what's going on because these things have to be pointed. Maybe you have to have pens all over the place or pieces of paper all over the place. But again, this goes back to those working memory issues. And even if they write it down on these pieces of paper, there's bigger post-it notes where they can take it and stick it somewhere else to consolidate these things. But again, we start to see the complexity of all these things. That also thing too is like when they're sitting on a project before they, when they're going to start a project, the idea is they want to get to a stopping point even though the project might be done so that when they come back, they've they've achieved like a a fixed point so they can come back and start anew as opposed to having to reboot to finish a problem or get an uh aha. So the idea sometimes is to break a project down to, okay, let's just get to this point so that once we have that done, we don't have to reboot our working memory, we can take it from the next point forward. Or if they're in it, draw diagrams, take pictures, do something. So then when they sit down, we can make this a little less effortful. Another wow. top, but another quick thing is sometimes if a I know Elaine, people come to me all the time and they're I'm like, listen, why don't you just babble with for about five minutes And we'll just break down all the ideas. Whatever's going on. And it's funny because they'll talk for two minutes, and all of a sudden they'll get to their point and they'll remember. So sometimes talking out loud is a real efficient way for people to boot their mind up and get back to where they were and actually encouraging that or even having somebody say, teach me how you would do this. If they're Mm -hmm. talking out loud, they're not really teaching you. They're actually organizing. They're thinking about that. So you're getting them to think, talking to you, By the way, you're giving them nonverbal communication and in your looks getting back and and helping them make some adjustments and move through that stuff, which is one last point because I know we have some time and this this is a profound statement. I was coaching a high school kid at one point in time and he got some feedback on a paper and it was just too much. And I knew it was a working memory issue and literally I'm like, you need to go to the teacher and do it paragraph by paragraph. Like, give me the feedback, go write it, come back to her, go back and forth. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, and this is really rude. It just so happens three weeks later, I'm at a conference and I was meeting with Dr. Barkley, Russell Barkley, that is. And I mentioned this to him. He's oh yeah, absolutely. That makes all the sense to the world. Literally, they need feedback paragraph by paragraph because they can't hold it. And a lot of people like they should not be able to do that. This is hard stuff. It's hard yeah. stuff. And sometimes they need the feedback. So anyway, forgive me for talking so fast. We you have a lot of
2: I wanna highlight something you said, because again, I wanna sort of avoid the parent pitfall that could happen from following your recommendation. because I think you're right on target 1000%. So when we're talking about a kid who's working on a project or homework, and we think it's time to stop for dinner, right? Because dinner's on the table or it's time to come set the table or, and we're saying come and they're saying not yet. Now, if your kid's playing video games, it's a different conversation. They can stop the video game whatever that is, but if if your kid is actually working on doing schoolwork or doing thought work, which is what we're talking about, what you're saying, Jeff, is that we have to recognize how hard it is to stop and then start again. And so make sure we're really checking in with them and collaborating with them about, is this a good time for you to stop? How much more time do you think you need before you stop? What do you need to do to finish up before we have dinner? Like really helping them problem solve around understanding it so that they can get to the completion and so that they can pick it up again when they come back to it. But,
1: Wait, I'm going to ask you one thing you said, because you said how much time do you think it'll take kids are, we're not, I don't have any idea how long things it's going to be before. Well, but but sometimes they will. Well,
2: sometimes, sometimes they won't, but sometimes they will. Yeah.
3: So, or 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 you can you, you can say how long till you're gonna to get to a stopping point. Stopping
2: point. Well that's really what I meant. Thank you for that. But. Yeah. So it's like how much time do you need before you finish this section so we can stop and have dinner and then come back? Or like to just begin to help them think, is it because we want them to begin to start estimating time and learning how to estimate time. So even if they don't know, just by asking the question and, and going through it with them, we're helping them begin yeah. to think through that piece. Jeff? For, yeah.
3: Forgive me. This is how working memory can show up as a time management problem. Because right. you sit down and your head is in this thing. And you don't want to stop because Lord knows you don't want to start, It took you four hours to get your head into the game. And right now, something's coming up. You don't want to stop for... I mean, I know Linda, and I know every once in a while I have this gush of creativity. I'm not stopping for anything because anything. if I stop it, it's I, I can't it's always recreate it. Right. And so sometimes they're late, particularly if they're having things like that where they're it's not a time management issue; it's a working memory challenge, and they're trying to to to, to get it done because they're close or they're close to an aha. And that, again, it's not a time management issue. This works back to working memory because they're hyper-focused because they don't want to go through the effort to do it over again because it took so much to get there to begin with. And Lord knows when they'll be in the mood to do it again.
0: All right. We just finished part two of the, of the ongoing saga. Uh, a reminder, our secret word tonight is Palooza, P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, as in parent Palooza. And again, mark your calendars. Parent Palooza, I think, is coming around this July uh, 2020. Just uh, Google Parent Palooza, and you can learn more about that. And with that, uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
4: You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go
0: to addca.com slash ATR.
4: That's addca.com slash A-T-R. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code A-T-R for 15% off.
0: You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide.
4: Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
1: So you talked about leaving breadcrumbs, but you also mentioned you tantalized us with problem solving at the beginning of our conversation. So I'm wondering, I don't have kids at home anymore, but I'm, I do have grandkids. Um, so I'm wondering if it would help t- help teach the child how to problem, sol- problem solve if we say something like, what do you need to do to be able to come back? What, is, what little you know, hint do you need to leave Before you stop for dinner, what is it that you need to do so you'll know where you are when you come back? In other words, it's a bookmark, but it's but it's a bookmark. So when I write more
2: detail. Right.
1: So when I write and I know I need to stop because of whatever, I know my brain, that creative process, is still going, going, going. And I will write just a horrible little paragraph saying, this is what I was thinking over where I think I was going to go, just like you were doing for your clients. It's mm-hmm. just a of consciousness, but at least I know where I'm going. And I have to tell you, back to the Post-it discussion, um, first of all, I advocate for super sticky Post-its because there is a difference are likely to stick on something if it's super sticky. And I wrote my book with an entire wall full of post-its that started to be this big and then for each chapter and then each one underneath. And kids can do that with projects as well. So if it's, you know, if we're outlining the medieval ages, maybe, you know, each one is a hundred years or something, but post-its are so visual. And again, back to the color, you can also use color or not. <laughs> well, and it's so gratifying when you have completed it to scrunch yeah. it up
3: and throw yeah. it away. It's yeah. just great. <laughs> so, so, I, wanna, I wanna touch on something and Elaine's really gonna be the expert on this a little bit, but I've have, I had have my own kids and I'm, by the way, I'm not holier than now out there. I've, I've, I've had some stuff with them, but I've learned over the years is that problem solving is I wanted you yeah. guys to understand working memory, which is why I gave you the exercise that to described this you see, so you can see it in your own hands, so you can see it in your own world, but then you go observe your kid. And the problem solve again, the best thing is self observation and look for what the clues are there when it works. And so how do you work with the kids? Because I know that if I tell a kid, my son what to do or what's working, he's he's gonna do the opposite because I'm wrong just because it came out of my mouth. So what I actually did for my older son when he's coming through, this is a true story is, hey, I noticed that you studied in that group and you got a better grade. I noticed that you did that over, I'm noticing when you're talking that you tend to perform a little bit better. I'm just yep. making observations. I notice that every time you seem to find a stopping point, you get back into a little bit quicker. So I'm I'm witnessing to them, I'm not asking them, but I'm witnessing and mirroring that back to them. And it, it, I'm not telling them so they don't have this defensive thing up front.
2: And you're not just witnessing, you're witnessing their successes. That's yeah. really key is you're witnessing when something works. So, And because if they say, when you present it to them, as you say, if you tell them, you know, when you do this, then this is what happens. They're going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you say, you know, I just noticed that. What do you think? Then they say, yeah, you know, I really did that. When they, As soon as they say, yeah, they've owned it and it's now their knowledge, not your knowledge. And so that's the, the notion of problem solving is is about making observations, asking questions, doing anything you can to, to provide information for them to draw the, the conclusion instead of drawing the conclusion for them. And
3: that's the key. And one of the, the keys today was I wanted to put you in those exercises so you have the lens of working memory so you can begin to realize this is a huge part of ADD and again, it, it, affects, time, it affects everything. And so that now when you sit down, you know what you're looking for. You're yeah. looking for the booting up problem. You're looking where they're juggling those things in your mind. So now you can witness, oh, my God, they're, they're leaving things around. What, what, what do they remember? Because that's there. And, and, and now you can, you, can, that you can make some sense of it. And then let the solutions will reveal themselves to you if you're patient right. enough. Because and if, if you notice you, them. Yeah. And if, if, if you see
2: them. Yeah. If you
3: sit there and say, i got, you've got to put all that stuff away because that's just what you do. You're not going to see it because you're fortunate. You're not like, wait a second, this is natural to them. And again, I like to say, if you let it reveal itself to you, it is, but hopefully I gave you a lens today to look into and you can begin to see things in a way that you didn't before and then problem solve what will work individually for your kid.
2: Love it. So I want to go back to the very beginning and say, you gave us five words. And I can remember three of them in alphabetical order, but I'm missing two. And I suspect I'm not the only one that doesn't remember all five. So I want to close out by, by bringing us back because some of you were testing themselves and some of you wrote it down and some of you don't remember any of them and some of us remember some. So, so what were the five words you gave us in the order if you can remember, but you may not. In the
3: order that I gave them or alphabetical order? Oh, you can give it either way, whatever you want. Bumblebee, hippopotamus, Kangaroo, teacher, zebra.
2: So I missed bumblebee, bumblebee, and kangaroo, but I got the other three. Just, so,
3: so there you go. Do, do we have just one minute?
1: Sure. Wrap so up. And then we gotta-
3: I, I, like, I use attention exercises because the process is ubiquitous, but how everybody individually does this is different. So I've asked people, How do you remember those words? And I've gotten responses like, It was the echo of your voice in my head. Uh-huh. It was, I saw a teacher with a bumblebee flying around their head and the hippopotamus came and a zebra in front of them. One woman, this is really cool. She said, I can remember it based on smell.
2: Ooh, there's a word for that.
3: Here's yeah, the thing. That's the cool. individual modality of how everybody sees it their way, but how they individually remember that is unique. And as an aside, I actually coached a woman at one time on a to-do list that was smell-based. By the way, you've got crayons that have scent to them as a result, that's what we were doing. And it was, I was looking at what works. She was very dominant sense, and she had to-dos and I'm like, I'm listening, what's, something's working here, something's working here. I was making the observations and all of a sudden I stumbled into something completely unexpected. This is what we're talking about by observing what's going on. So yeah. anyway. I
2: love it. That's great. That's great. Oh
1: so Linda, how do we wrap this up? <laughs> Can we just keep going the rest of the day? <laughs> I, feel like I really, my working memory is just overwhelmed. <laughs> and and I, my sense Yeah, is but it's like primed.
2: I'm ready to go get
3: creative or something. This absolutely, is
1: great. Absolutely. Okay. First of all, Jeff, tell people how they can get a hold of you because when they want to hear more about this, they need to find you.
3: Digcoachingpractice.com or just call me 962 ADD ADHD.
0: All right. That concludes our show tonight. We hope that you uh, enjoyed it. Uh, reminder, secret word tonight is Parent Palooza. And once again, thanks to uh, Parent Palooza for releasing uh, that interview, and uh, specifically Linda Rogley and Elaine Taylor Foss for joining me. We hope you've uh, enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.